Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, everybody. It's Laura here for Sidewalk Talk, and I'm here with Dana Williams. Hi. All right, let's get started. Your dad was based in LA and your mom was based in New York City. What was it like growing up in two different major cities and like hubs? I definitely feel like I was exposed to two extreme cultures from an early age. Yeah, I love both cities, so I had a lot of fun moving back and forth. And there were a lot of different things that each city had to offer. Like, I feel like I got really um, exposed to jazz and Broadway music when I was in New York. And then LA was more um, uh, I was listening to like Top 40, mm -hmm. so yeah, I think that moving back and forth <laughs> um, definitely had a, an impact on my music. <laughs> Got it. Was it difficult to like make friends since you were in both cities when you were a kid? No, I don't think so. I think that um, it's really cool now that I'm an adult because I, when I go back um, to New York or mm -hmm. if I'm here in LA, I have friends kind of like mm -hmm. wherever I go you know I know your dad was a musician he like played for Michael Jackson and a bunch of other like major pop stars both your parents are pretty musical um, but are there any like personality traits or anything like that that you develop from them like temperament or interests outside of music oh, I definitely got the music from my dad and um, and his like whimsy he's always I don't know he's very like he was really like try I think he's he was very shy but he was mm -hmm. able to sort of like you know come out of his shell and be charismatic and charming mm -hmm. and um, I and and um, he was always very funny which I you know whenever people think of him they mm -hmm. think of like his sense of humor and his guitar playing my parents are actually so different you know like my mom mm -hmm. is very much like um, organized and like uh, so I think they bounced <laughs> each other out and mm -hmm. um, yeah I think I got an interesting blend because I'm still like um, organized but still mm -hmm. like in this world of creativity that I yeah <laughs> when you're growing up I know you were having a lot of like pop and like R&B music played in your house like Michael Jackson and Madonna and stuff. Um, how do you think those like influences affect your music today? Um, well, I think hearing that music and being around that music definitely sort of like inspired me to want to um, start writing my own songs. And mm -hmm. I think really what it did was um, I I was so. Um, influenced by pop music and R&B music from an early age that I kind of wanted to step outside of it and explore yeah. music um, so that I could develop my own style and I so I you know I, I started listening to classical music and jazz mm -hmm. and and folk music and um, I, I studied classical guitar and when I did my dad was like what are you gonna do that for like he, <laughs> he didn't get why I wanted <laughs> why I guess that was like my rebellion was to like study classical guitar, which is really nerdy. Um, but uh, yeah, so then I think that 
I, yeah, so it sort of like pushed me into exploring different kinds of music. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, I always come back to it. I love pop yeah. music and R&B, of course. And um, that's still like, I would say that my writing is still rooted in that um, pop and R&B style. Interesting. Um, yeah, but I was like, but it inspired me to sort of like step outside of my comfort zone and find other mm -hmm. um, kinds of music. Yeah. And I also remember reading that you like a lot of your music interests like today are also like all over the place still. Like you listen to a lot of like rap. I listen to rap, hip hop, um, and jazz. And then sometimes I still, I love like Tammy Wynette and Patsy uh -huh. Cline uh -huh. um, and Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald. Uh -huh. So yeah, I mean, it's all, it's really all over the place just yeah. depending on my mood, which I feel like is the norm nowadays because yeah. we have like all these streaming services mm -hmm. with access we have access to like basically everything so. and there's so many algorithms that put you onto different yeah. kinds of sounds yeah totally. yeah uh who are you like your favorite artists like right now i've been listening to joy croaks a lot mm -hmm. and um which was another like spotify algorithm thing mm -hmm. like <laughs> i always um spotify knows me so well <laughs> Um, and then um, I like Jesse Reyes mm -hmm. and um, yeah, there are so many. I yeah. <laughs> cool. What was your personality like in high school? Um, I would say it's pretty similar to my personality now. I've always been like introverted and shy, but mm -hmm. I still, I also um, was very like, open to different kinds of people and groups of people so I never felt like I was beholden to like one mm -hmm. group of friends I still I have like um, just have like a lot of different friends from different mm -hmm. groups whoever whoever I felt like I, I could connect with um, yeah and yeah so I was kind of like all over the place but still very like focused on music I spent a lot of time like in my room mm -hmm. practicing my guitar and listening to music, um, which is still what I do mm -hmm. <laughs> today, yeah. Yeah. So when you uh, went to college, you studied classical guitar, right? Yes. And poetry. Mm -hmm. um, what was it like taking something that's been like so immersed in your life, like casually like music, and then studying it professionally? It was really fun. It gave me an opportunity to like really focus on um, honing my skills, mm -hmm. and I read so much poetry in college. Um, that I think that it's really important to like see what's out there and see what yeah. people are saying and um, listen to everyone's like style of voice and sort of mm -hmm. develop your own. Um, and then, yeah, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I was just able to like study what I have always loved. Mm -hmm. Do you ever listen to like open or like slam poetry, like online, like button poetry or? Not really. No. no. Are you like more interested in like like text when you read poetry? Yeah, I think so. I also haven't I I really haven't been listening to that much poetry lately. Mm -hmm. Um just because I've been so engulfed in like songwriting yeah. and that sort of thing. But yeah, I was never um I didn't listen to too Got much it. of it. When you were in like New York attending college, like I read that you went to a lot of jazz clubs. Yes. And that's kind of different from LA where we have like maybe like a couple sprinkled <laughs> year round. 
Um, did it like, do you think going to jazz clubs a bunch helped you like reach like your inner creativity more or like inspire it at all? It definitely inspired, um, inspired me to sing and to perform. I know in college I actually had like a, I had my first show at the Lennox Lounge, mm -hmm. um, which is in Harlem and I was so scared. I didn't tell anyone. I told what? one friend and she came. Um, but yeah, I sang a few songs, mostly just jazz standards, because I hadn't, um, I just wasn't ready to start performing my own music, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was just so great, and that really inspired me. Also, my grandma was a jazz singer, a big band yeah. singer, so, um, you know, she would like sing us to sleep every night and play big band music, and that mm -hmm. really inspired me to sing jazz. <laughs> Did your sister ever get like influenced by the music that you were all listening to? Yeah, she's definitely musical. I think, um, yeah, my sister's a really talented singer and songwriter as well. Oh. She just chose not to pursue it as a career. <laughs> mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Would you ever do anything outside of music? Yeah. Yeah, I would do. I mean, I think that if it, if it coincides with music, you know, like if it's um, a musical or you know, acting and, and there's music involved. I think mm -hmm. that, yeah, music is always my main yeah. love. That's <laughs> crazy though that your, I mean, both your parents are like in the music or your dad was in the music industry and your mom was like sort of in it. <laughs> and then like both of you and your sister, like it's just a musical family. Yeah. Cool. Uh, when you were like getting into music, I read that you were like seven years old, I think, when you performed with Jay-Z. Oh yeah, I think I was like around seven, mm -hmm. between seven and ten, yeah, for sure. We, um, yeah, we performed with him live at his first um, TV televised performance, mm -hmm. cool. and um, yeah, he was just like an up-and-coming rapper at that point. Oh and my god, and now he's like a, bi a billionaire, <laughs> and like one of the most influential ones. Yeah, that was really fun, that was like, that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so you performed with him and then also like your dad was teaching you how to write music from like an early age, right? Yeah, um, my dad and I, it was something we did for fun where yeah. like he was always writing and producing music and um, so he would like build a track, you know, and bring mm -hmm. it home and be like, you know, here's a song, here's a track. Um, write a verse, a chorus, a second verse, and then a bridge and like he would explain to me what each section mm -hmm. should have and um yeah I would just like write little love songs or yeah. like songs when you were... of heartbreak yeah like imagining what love was like uh -huh. you know and then um then we would record it and it was so fun that's cool yeah it's like a good memory to cherish <laughs> um what was it like when you started writing like your music on your own like when I think you were like 14 or 15 yeah right? yeah I was a teenager I just like um you know, my dad would always give me tracks, and I thought, like, it would be so cool if I could just write my own song, all, all the music, and, you know, like, write a song from scratch. And mm -hmm. so I practiced guitar, and I finally learned how to play, <laughs> and, um, and then I started writing my own music, and it was really, really rewarding and fun, and, um... Yeah, I've, I've, I've been writing ever since. I love writing. You, like, have talked in other interviews about, like, authenticity and, like, finding your identity and 
making like music that has like your voice in it. What's that like to do that in an industry that's so like tries to define you or put you in categories? I think it's important just to, I know this is like a cliche and I hate talking in cliches, but I think that it's important to just like be yourself and be true to yourself, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, and if you're not comfortable with something, just don't do it or just say that you're not comfortable with it, you know, like mm -hmm. I, um, I make music because I love music and it's always been there for me. And it's a sort of a form of therapy. It's very therapeutic mm -hmm. for me. So that's why I'm able to just like write about my life and um, and be honest with myself about what's going on. And um, and so yeah, I think that that's sort of why that's how I'm able to be uh, true to myself. Is mm -hmm. just that music is is like. Um, I just love music so much. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it just comes from there. the heart. Yeah, yeah, it just comes from the heart. Wow. And I think that resonates with people as well. Like, if you're talking about something you're going through, then someone else is probably experiencing it mm -hmm. as well, you know? And it's, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially with, like, topics that are, like, so widely felt, like love and grief and... Yeah. yeah. How did you get in contact with Kid in a Corner? Um, or Alex, right? Yeah, Alex the Kid. He, um... I have been such a fan of his work for so long, and um, and one day he DM'd me and was just like, I love what you do. Uh -huh. And so, yeah, we've been working together ever since, uh -huh. and it was just one of those things that was like, happened on the internet. <laughs> mm. I feel like so much is happening with that too. Like I know other people in the industry who've like been DM'd or like messaged on Facebook about their music. Yeah. You've collaborated with like Freddie Gibbs and Amine and like Melv. Is there, do you have any like kind of interest in going into like other genres of music outside of like R&B and jazz? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely love collaborating with people for that reason. It's like you get to experience another genre um, and you get to like work with someone else and see how they work and it's mm -hmm. such a good learning experience and um, Oftentimes, like those collaborations lead to lead to friendships, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, got it. Um, and one thing that I noticed, like when I was like going on, like looking at your social media, I've seen like a lot of fans that you've or like you've garnered are like from an older generation. How does it feel to like be able to make songs that reach like both like old and young people? Well, I think that goes back to like what I was saying earlier about how. Um, if you're writing about real life experiences, people mm -hmm. can relate to that. So I think um, maybe I deal with like more universal themes that mm -hmm. young people and as well as older people are able to relate to. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I really like that. It, it sort of like touches people across the board. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so going on to like highlights of your career, you put out your debut album in 2014, and then another one in 2015, right? Mm-hmm. Hi, morning. Morning. Um, would you consider that like some of like, like a really big moment for you? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, they were both very different sonically, and it's just sort of like, I think it's a nice way to show my growth as an artist is that, um, 
is just like the difference in content, lyrical content, and the way that it's produced and the songs are written um, mm -hmm. to the way that my music sounds now. It's like um, a very um, real way for you to see the way I have grown as an artist, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. You were on ABC's Rising Star and yes. made it to the top four. What was it like being on like a nationwide television show? It was a really nice experience to get to know all of the um, coaches. They were mm -hmm. all really um, inspiring and helpful and thoughtful and um, yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Um, and then also you've had a song on an Oscar winning film. Can you tell me more about like that song? Yeah, um, that was actually the first song. The song is Keep Me Waiting, and it was the first song, I solo song I ever released. Um, oh, wow. And it's still one of my favorite songs to play live. Um, but yeah, when I first moved to LA, I was like, um, I met Damien Chazelle and Justin Hurwitz, and we were playing, we played music together a handful of times. And then um, one day Damien called me and was like, I love your song, Keep Me Waiting. Can I play it in the movie? Then it went on to win an Oscar, so yeah. that was really cool. That's awesome. <laughs> so since you've been writing music pretty much all your life, but like mostly when you were like 14 or 15, um, how's your music changed from then to now? I would definitely say my style has changed a little bit. I, the older I get, the more jazzy it becomes, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I think I'm sort of venturing out of just like writing about breakups and mm -hmm. I'm opening I'm I'm becoming more open to writing about my uh, everything else that's going on in my mm -hmm. life um, how would you say you've changed over the past couple of years I don't know I mean I've definitely changed I would say that oh that's a tough question <laughs> um uh, over the past couple of years, I guess I've become more open to new experiences and people, and um, I've just become more secure with myself. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I've, I've become more comfortable with myself. Got it. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. What does <laughs> love mean to you? Love is acceptance, I think. Um, yeah, love is just accepting another person for who they are, um, accepting yourself for who you are. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it is to me. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the biggest challenges you've faced? I think that life just comes with a lot of challenges mm -hmm. um, and like perspective is kind of what ultimately gets you through it. Yeah. Um, Pursuing a life as a musician in and of itself has been a challenge, mm -hmm. um, but I think the, the idea is just, you know, not to give up and to believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. All right, so what, if there's anything you can think of, what do you want to be remembered for? Um, I don't know, I'd like to be remembered for my music and making an impact. Um, in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was the last question, oh. so. <laughs> Thanks for coming on a Sidewalk Talk. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
Rossi, who's Myro, um, our manager, we had like a four-way window on Skype. I'd never mm -hmm. done one before, it was really nerve-wracking. <laughs> I was sat there just like, don't know what to say, trying to make a joke, but like they might take it wrong. Because like one of them I'd never met and one of them yeah. I'd met like once before. So um, yeah, we, we spoke about maybe like the possibility of coming out here and doing some stuff and like it all it all rolled from there, basically. Mm -hmm. Like kind of got here and we realized there was a bunch of like UK kids putting in the work. So it was a, it was a really nice kind of vibe, you know? And then how did it click to you that you wanted to be with them like after that? I'll be honest, um, Myro, so Rossi, he, he manages like our, our like act, he manages a whole bunch of acts like um, Barely Alive and Virtual. Mm -hmm. and, but he, he like he, he he's half of the label as well, or a third even I should say, and he, he does like sort of two jobs. So kind of he introduced us to the label side of things, and then like when we worked with him as as like you know as manager or him as our manager, that was kind of when we were like, yeah, we're in good hands, man. Like <laughs> we've been through a lot of tricky situations, a lot of sticky ones, and you know when you're our age, Josh is 31, I'm 28. We're not like kids, you know? So when you've been like in a few management situations or a few label situations or anything like that, and they haven't gone the way you initially planned, meeting someone like Rossi seems a bit too good to be true, mm. you know? And like the whole Disciple crew, all these videos, you were like, right, they all look like real posy and everyone's real happy, but is it like that? And, and that was kind of our initial like concern, or at least it was mine. Um, and yeah, no, it really is like, there is a great, great vibe and being a small label in a small kind of genre it's like it's easy to maintain that really good vibe yeah and that's what it is really it's just a really good family vibe and everyone looks out for everyone there's no bitchiness like everyone's supporting mm. everyone's music someone has a release and it's bumped on everyone's pages and that's great yeah and it's not a it's not a guy in the office doing it it's us you know mm -hmm. i think that that is something that will always kind of make People like me and Josh, you know, want to like gravitate towards that. It's just like sweet, man. Mm -hmm. Actual real people being really nice to each other. And it's refreshing. It's yeah. like you want to make music and send it to someone who you flip and respect and have them get right back to you and like, you know, send send their shit. And like, you know, it's just really nice. Nothing's contrived or fake. It's just, it's real. It's, it's like, it's rare. It's a unique thing that they've got. And they've worked like five years to get that. Yeah. So, yeah, big up Disciple Crew. Does it feel a bit different because you've been in like bands and doing drums your whole life and now maybe you categorize under more of like a EDM producer or...? Uh, no, not, not particularly. So I'm um, yeah. like, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't champion my production skills. I suck. I'm pretty deaf, you mm -hmm. know. Um, I've, I've done like thousands of shows in my life. Um, I wouldn't... I think I did a hearing test recently and I struggled to hear over 10.5k. So oh my gosh. I'm like... I'm sure I'm, I'm I'm heading for a hearing aid before I'm like 35, so I wouldn't like jump in the producer seat and want to make a banger straight away. But like in in terms of like songwriting, I still enjoy like putting together a, a, a piece of work. That being said, Josh has worked on everything in the last two EPs, mm -hmm. the one that we just dropped, Echoes, and this new one. He's basically just been whipping them up, yeah. fucking quick. Like I think he did this last one in one week, <laughs> but like. The, the, the bulk of the work, I, like, you know, in one day, I'm pretty sure he sent me over two almost finished songs kind of from that EP that are both on the EP. So he's kind of on fire at the moment. Um, as far as, like, my contribution, like, so I've got a sample pack coming out with Virtual Riot mm -hmm. um, for, like, just, just drums, like, yeah. exclusively, like, rhythm and dubstep drums. It's got a cool name, um, and I'm going to put it all on, like, line very soon. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm not sure when this is going to go out, but if it's sometime soon, it'll probably be dropping at the same sort of time. So yeah, um, yeah. in the next month anyway. Mm -hmm. So that'll be all. That'll be all available for everyone to sort of uh, grab off uh, off the internet when it's all dropped. There'll be a link to everything, and yeah, hopefully uh, everyone starts using my shit in yeah. their songs because that's kind of what I like. You know, I, I, I like. I think drums are such a massive part of dubstep or any EDM genre for that matter, or any genre of music. So like, if I can make as many six sample packs as I can make for different like things, like a future bass one with future bass fills and you know drum and bass ones with drum and bass breaks and just keep doing that, that's kind of my contribution. That's where I want to aim to be in the next few years, is just like keeping Josh laced with like drum pack, uh, you know, drum samples and stuff that he can use in, in, in the music mm -hmm. he makes. Because it kind of makes everyone's life easier when there's real good stuff to just drag and drop. You know, that's kind of the the new the new way of making tunes. I mm -hmm. think if you're sat there like programming all day long, it kind of gets super boring when you're trying to put down an idea. So that's yeah. kind of that's my thing. I want to mm -hmm. get like new and creative drum loops in the mix and make dubstep a bit more dynamic and fun and live and real. That's my aim. That's my goal. Yeah. Yep. Day to day, if he's doing more of the producing, are you more? Of, do you do more of the the live, like live performance, like getting into that, or day to day? How do your roles so, uh, differ? So we like well, we do shows together. Yeah. We prepare for shows together, so that side of it's kind of uh, kind of normal. It's mm -hmm. more just like Josh will have a lot of times in the diary when we're not touring. There's no shows, and it might be like two weeks, or even like five days in between shows, and it'll just be like block booked out with like. EP production so he'll know exactly how long he has and the deadline will be in that month at some point and he'll just have maybe like two block book weeks to work on it mm -hmm. and that's kind of how that works now normally we used to write as you know when we were four people there'd be four people in a room but like I said Josh is uh since he's been like in LA since we moved over here I think just hanging around hanging around with a whole bunch of people on Disciple it's like they almost treat music production like a game it's 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 like you know like let me see your new IDs like you know and people go go home and whip up two or three new ones. It's um it's just like the, the speed at which people are making like really sick playable music has just gone tenfold in the last few years. So now that Josh is kind of like on that, it's yeah it's like you know if you, if you blink you might miss a tune. Mm -hmm. um, I know we made a drum and bass one last night. I saw him tweet about it. So, <laughs> you know, but that's mm -hmm. that's the nature of it. When when inspira inspiration is 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 kind of striking, you got to go with it. What does success mean to Modestep? Oh, that's a very difficult question. To be honest, I'm, I'm I'm fairly certain we can consider ourselves successful. The amount of stuff we've come kind of come through, mm -hmm. um, and we're still an act. You know, it's been almost ten years for for Josh um, and six for me. So. Um, yeah, no, I, I'd say, I'd say what is success? Will you ever know if you're killing it at the time? Probably, probably not. You'll probably look back after six months or a year and be like, holy fuck, man, that summer festival season killed it. But, yeah. you know, you won't know until you're on your headlining dates playing to, you know, an, an eighth of that many people. You won't know until, you know, you feel it. You know, there's certain sobering things in, in, in the music industry that will kind of make you feel like unsuccessful and there's ones that will make you feel like you're a king, so. Mm -hmm. You just gotta fake the rough with this move. Yeah, we have. I'd say we're successful. Yeah. Right? And, and like stupidly lucky to be able to do it. Dubstep took a dip, and like our own country, where where it's from, wouldn't play it on the radio. You know, it, it was getting no love. So, for for Josh to have kind of kept playing dubstep, even in all of that climate, mm. you know, you, you know, when you could have been playing house and other things, 
you know, and I'm not naming names, I'm not chatting shit, I'm just saying, like, there's a certain amount to be said for acts that don't, you know, stray too far from the path of the cause. So, like, I always say the same band comes back to them every time, but Iron Maiden have done the same record for, like, 35 years. It's always the same branding, it's the same type of tunes, it's... It's like, that's why they're, they're still relevant and they're still big today and still selling sh shows out because, you know, they've given their fan base exactly what they want. So once you have a fan base, which most of have, it's really important to not alienate them or push them away and give them stuff that they, they don't want or, or, or are interested in. You know, yeah. you, you know, but at the same time, it's playing to like the people that make you a band, you gotta keep yourself happy and mm -hmm. fulfilled. So it's, it's a balance. Yeah. I love balance. this. Yeah, thank you so much. No worries, no worries. <laughs> Bye.